Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, I'm the captain now. Uh, hi folks, um, it's the podcast, It'll Be Grand. Um, we decided, um, if, if you listen to our podcast from last week, or potentially a month ago, or whenever you're going to listen to the previous episode, um, that Owen um, was the lead in it. Um, Owen, say hello. Hi, I'm here. Um, and I'm Dan. Um, but yes, yeah, so we said we kind of take it in turns, um, kind of heading each episode and let us know what you think and tell Owen how terrible he is compared to me. And I appreciate it very much. So uh, thank you, folks. So we, so a, a little look behind the curtain, we have a huge amount of movies that we kind of set up that we want to review, different categorized movies, right? Yeah, true. We have a view, like a very large list. And we'll get yeah. to all of them eventually. Yeah, so far though, I don't think we've looked at them at all for this whatsoever. We just kind of came up with movies on the spot. This oh, this, fell on it. this week's movie was not on the list, but the Ar- Artemis oh, Fowl, right. whether or not anyone ever hears that episode, that was on the list, actually. Okay. Because um, I, p- I picked that one, which is why Dan is, has picked this week's movie. But yeah, Artemis Fowl was on the list. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, you are probably wondering um, why I, Dan, chose what I chose this week, uh, which is uh, Space Station 76. So um, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what um, Space Station 76 is about. It's about um, a refueling station or satellite in space, and it's kind of like an alternative reality where I guess the 1970s never stopped. And the future is very that look. Um, kind of the basis of the movie, as we know it, is about this woman called Jessica, who arrives as this station's new first mate after, ironically, Daniel left the station, who was the previous first mate. Um, we'll talk about that later. But um, she has this kind of monologue at the beginning where she talks about how people always think of asteroid fields the asteroids hitting each other and it's all being tight and you have to fly through. But in reality, asteroid fields are these very large spaces where asteroids actually never even get near to each other. And the intent is that maybe the same could be said for people. You know, when do personalities clash? Is it often? Is it rare? And this movie is very much a sort of um study in how kind of broken broken and twisted people interact with each other and interact with themselves as well i suppose yeah yeah i think that's it's fair enough to say it's it's very much a um i wouldn't go so far as to call it a character study per se but it's very much just kind of there's there's not much happening other than other than characters. other than life, really, it's just yeah, these life, people yeah, and yeah. what happens when people when you don't have like the activity or the the fuss of 
doing things in everyday life to hide behind and it's just sort of well this is this is what people are and this is what happens yeah. when you can't hide behind things anymore and you're just sort of stuck with these people and you have to get on with it i guess it it also has this very kind of hysteria lane sort of vibe to it this is where people who lives in the people who live in the suburbs you know they're out there all day with very little to do but see the neighbors and keep up with the Jonesons. That there's a little bit of that in there, I think. Yeah, very much. And the the, the director slash co writer or whatever, Jack Plotnick, who by the way I think his name is hilarious for somebody who writes things to have yeah, a last name. Plotnick, Plotnick nice, just, nice. I think it's fantastic. You'd be wasted if you didn't it's, become a writer. Isn't it? It's <laughs> just it's crazy. Um, but he he actually he said himself that the the trappings of it being set in space and on a space station or whatever is supposed to be like a... He wanted the movie to reflect his own life growing up in the suburbs and in um, essentially this is what happens when somebody's dreams aren't realized, I think, yeah. in his own words. So it's that kind of thing. So um, uh, one one of the things you kind of notice from the very get-go is this movie has quite a few writers. Um, it has Jack Plotnick, uh, Sam Pancake. Who I can't um, <laughs> decide if I like Jack Plotnick or Sam Pancake. I go, I'm leaning with Sam Pancake because Sam Pancake has two sisters. I think called Anne Pancake and Claire Pancake. I just think it's an incredible <laughs> name. But we love you, I Sam mean, Pancake. Like I didn't even know it's a family name. Anyway, uh, then Jennifer Elise Cox, uh, yeah. Kaylee or Callie. Roca? Rocha? Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Kali Roca, I think. Roca, okay. And the Mike Stoyanov. Stoyanov? Stoyanov. That sounds right. If I didn't, uh, it's because I'm an ignorant Irish person, so don't worry. Um, uh, it was produced by Rival Pictures um, in conjunction with Sony Picture Worldwide, and it came out in 2014, so it's mm-hmm. already six years old, which is yeah. terrifying. It um, had its debut at... South by Southwest in 2014, the okay. internationally renowned Austin, Texas Film Festival, and it, it, it like, I think people liked it. I guess I think it's a bit of an indie feel. Like there's a lot of like, yeah, it's indie very love much, for it. like a little cult following yeah, sort of thing. You know, it really didn't have much of a a budget going on or anything like that. I think. Yeah. Um, also, that, I mean, yeah. could you like, could you like before we get into what we think of the movie? Could you see the mainstream audience sitting through this movie? Um, like in the cinema? No. It's it's very much not... A cinema movie, no. It's not a blockbuster. Despite the fact that it's like... It has a lot of like kind of references and callbacks to the other big sort of sci-fi space dramas and or whatever. Mm. But like... And especially visually. There's a lot of like... Space Odyssey and Star Wars y sort of looking things. They love references. They I mean they even have um so Liv Tyler's father in it is the actor who was the main character in Space Odyssey as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of hints or even the I th- I believe the shuttle that flies Liv Tyler or Jessica we should say mm-hmm. to the space station has the same name as a pilot from Space Odyssey. And as well as um as Star Trek. Like one of the pilots from the original series, so there's a, like mm-hmm. a multi not the heads there. Yeah, so it's very a, much a, rooted in sci-fi of a, the seventies. You know, 
Yeah, there's a ton of that going on. There's it's like everywhere yeah. you look, there's something that will remind you of um some other sci-fi yeah. space or like thing you've popular seen. science as well. Yeah. yeah. But it's but no, to answer um, your question, no. It's, the, it's not uh it's not something you could see is like would be extremely accessible to like mass audiences or anything. It's not a summer yeah. blockbuster. It's not a big like spectacle movie in any sense of the word. Yeah, so look, we'll go through some of the actors. Uh, like I said, Liv Tyler or Jessica has this monologue at the beginning, uh, following a proud tradition of Lord of the Rings actresses. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. she's not Galadriel this time, but you know, she wasn't a Galadriel last she, time either. But she was never know, Galadriel at any time. <laughs> they were on the same cast. That, that's enough. They were anyway, in the same movies. Uh, together. Yeah, so Liv Tyler, um, Patrick Wilson, um, mm. who is. Uh, Actually, all the characters are kind of awful people, really. Um, Matt Bomer, uh, Marisa Coughlin, Kylie Rogers, Kaylee Rocca, Jerry O'Connell, and Kerry Dullia. Yeah. So some some fairly well-known actress there. Like, nothing huge, but like... No, there's a, like, there's a couple. Like, obviously, everybody will know Liv Tyler. If not from the yeah. Lord of the Rings, I mean... For her gentle voice about everything. From that. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, me either. But they'll know her from that, or maybe they'll know her from the absolutely epic, all-time classic Armageddon, or ah, yes. whatever else she's absolutely. in. I don't know. That's it. You'll know Patrick Wilson is in <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You'll know Patrick we, we Wilson can't sing from a lot of things. because we'll just get taken down by copyright, you know? Yeah, that's why we're not continuing to sing. Yeah, that's a purely that Aerosmith yeah. classic. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Wilson, I suppose, most recently people will know him from um, Aquaman. Uh, he's... God, please tell me. I, it's Ocean Master, isn't it? The, he's the villain in Aquaman. He's the anti-Aquaman, basically. Um, I'm going to be honest, most of the Aquaman movie is kind of deleted from my brain at this stage. I, it, was, <laughs> it did not stick. It was it was a, mostly a farce. He was, I remember thinking he was good in that. But anyway, that's Patrick Wilson. Uh, Matt Bomer, you'll recognize he's in a lot of TV shows and stuff. Um, Marissa Coughlin, I spent... No, Marissa Coughlin reminded me the entire movie of um, that character from 30 Rock, which... I know you've seen 30 Rock. I actually have yes. not. Um, but, um, here's a spoiler alert for most people. I have no retention for names of actresses I or actors. I can see them by the face and that's about yeah. it. Uh, Jane. Yeah. Jane uh, Krakowski so yeah, know, is the like, actress's name. Like um, Tina Fey's very sort of like highly strong, coked up actress friend who's yeah, yeah. kind of on the end of being very popular. Jenna Maroney. Is the character that's, that's who Marissa Coughlin in Space Station seventy six reminded me a lot of her. Um, yeah. Even though I haven't, like I've seen a couple of episodes of Thirty Rock, but that's that's what kind of for some reason I was like, oh yeah, she's kind of like her. Cali um, Roca, um, who obviously s- has a role in and also helped develop the script, is what listed as one of the writers. I spent the whole movie thinking she was uh, a character from. Glee. Turns out she is not. So, uh, there you go with that one. Dan struggles with names. I struggle with faces, I think. Should we get into what's the story here? I mean, what the hell is going on? I love that. I just love the audio tracks we have for this. <laughs> yeah, there's some nice ones. But, but yeah, so 
I suppose we can start from the beginning. Um, you know, we see um, this asteroid field um, with these giant asteroids kind of tumbling near each other. Um, ironically, like contrasting what's been said that usually asteroid fields are so huge and monumental that asteroids rarely actually hit each other. But we see them quite large. And, we, you know, we see this, like, generic, gorgeous space scenes as the ship continues on past two suns and then eventually appears to the space station, this refueling station. Patrick Wilson, or Captain Glenn, and looks like he's about to get ready to fire on this ship that arrived. And, like, then he just, you know, just a comic twist goes like, oh, yeah, uh, welcome aboard. Do you think that's, they did that just to imply that he's already hating his next first officer? Uh, looking back, probably. Um, I yeah, think you don't get that, though, the first time watching it. The, the, the opening, because uh, this was an odd one in that, um, uh, I know you, you, this was your second time watching this. Um, I'd, I'd never even heard of the movie before. I didn't know anything about it until and then we started watching and I yeah. caught, I guess like the, the setting fooled me into thinking it was going to be, you know, another sort of space epic thing or something. And then when they started, I was, I thought for the longest time, just with the opening scenes with Captain Glenn, that it was a parody. Like the way he was, he's Patrick Wilson's Captain Glenn is very much like I said this when we were watching it that I think maybe he watched too he watched Anchorman too many times in preparation for yeah. the role or something he's very much at the start you're just looking at him going he's got the 70s porn star mustache and he's like ooh smokes a lot drinks a lot and he's very like egotistical male and you just think and intense very yeah, intense, very intense. Like, and he just I just thought he was going for this Ron Burgundy type like like yeah that I th- and I, so i thought maybe the movie was going to be like a space balls type send-up of like space movies or whatever but um it's neither of those things really no it's really not no um yeah um so then we get to meet uh jessica which is Liv tyler's character and um she kind of comes on the ship and she sees this child drawn a crayon line on the walls, which is like apparently was my mi- biggest issue with the movie because I was like, that was CGI crayon. As this little oh, girl yeah, is yeah. moving along, like yeah, I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out, but it's clearly not. And I think in the like the following shot, you see a brief passing close up of the crayon she has in her hand, and the tip is yeah. not used at all. It's clearly yeah. fake crayon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's mostly about uh, you know she makes friends with this little girl. Um, the mother of the little girl is very much like an absentee parent, even though she still lives in the same area. Like she's high on Valium the whole time. She goes to a robot psychiatrist who obviously is just feeding her ego and her views. Um, we see how like. Her husband, or was it is it ex-husband with a hand? Because I think the, are they still together? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're still. Yeah, they because still together, you don't yeah. feel it for a lot of it. <laughs> like, like I, I suppose that's the intent. Like that's they they were separating that kind of stuff. They're very yeah. They're they're like estranged. You can tell. I think that he um this is um Matt Bomer's character. Uh, he's like actively trying to 
to make it work i guess in some ways he's very he's like ugh. he's he plays like the the station maintenance man engineer or something i think yeah yeah and he um he fixes stuff on the station i guess and yeah i i guess he's meant to be one of the good guys really on the ship as well like he you know he's he's meant to be one of the less neurotic characters and he's playing his friend you know he's playing with his friend playing ping pong and all this kind of stuff and and hey so you know after you had the baby you know did you and your wife kind of get back together sexually and all this kind of stuff? And this dude went, oh, yeah, no, totally, constantly. Like, it never stopped. And then we we very, like, it's not even, like, done as this big dramatic twist. That we very much see, like, his only male friend on the ship straight up sleeps with his friend's wife behind their back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is uh, Jerry O'Connell's character, who's only in it kind of, sparsely he pops in every yeah. once in a while but he's um it feels like he should be a bigger character but he isn't he's really not he has very little lines and he doesn't have a lot to do but he's not in it much really either he just yeah. pops in every once in a while and he's so jerry he's his character is sleeping with uh, marissa Coughlin's character who is supposed yeah. to be married to matt bomer yeah i will try and call them by their by the characters names good luck maybe i probably won't no i can do i know marissa Coughlin <laughs> plays misty I know her okay. name because she's the worst person in the movie. She is. Um. So was it Callie or Donna having a conversation with Misty where it's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't even know how to use the station. You know, I probably flies into a sun. And, you know, I don't know why there's a um, first officer who's a woman. You know, it's it should mm-hmm. be a man or something. Like, it's very much setting up like this is like the 1970s with the yeah. very traditional sexism of the times and yeah 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 big time that's that's present in a lot of the movie and but it's not like it doesn't the movie then it doesn't become one of these like woman breaks mold becomes no thing sort of movie that's not it's a it's a it's a present trapping of the the setting of of the era that the movies takes place in but it's not like a it's not a massive issue i guess yeah. In in most cases. I think yeah. um that's Callie Roca's character is sort of the um traditional seventies subdued housewife yeah. sort of yeah. She's very yeah. much I'm a woman, women do certain things and men do the other things and I like shopping and drinking and going to parties and that's that's what I yeah. do sort of thing. Like And throughout the movie she really gets like pissed off more or less because she's just like Oh, they're not having a party for us leaving. Oh, they mm. didn't give us a cake. They only have a normal Christmas cake. They didn't have a cake for us because we're leaving. And she's constantly like, "Oh, I won't um, ever help anyone ever again in the future," and all this kind of stuff. And then you know, it cuts to a scene with Jessica, Liv Taylor's character, like helping out. Says, "Oh, it's so nice of you to help." Yeah, blah blah blah. And it, you know, it's just very so. Obviously, there's this person who's just like emotionally sort of stunted you know they just mm. can only react harshly which is a, our lot of the characters in this movie like they're yeah. all like not fully matured emotionally i think they're all each of them is repressed in some way about something. yeah they're all very much like hiding a part of themselves or hiding something yeah. that they're afraid to to share yeah. with with other people um for example jessica's character jessica in a very sort of vivid um, 
scene where you become aware that she can't have children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. This is why she loves, um, you know, talking to this little girl, like, because it's, because obviously she wants to be a mother. She wants to have kids and this is her outlet. And I think that's a big part of the movie as well. Everyone has their kind of weird, probably not super healthy outlets. Yeah, big time. They all have their vices and they all have, each of them has something that they're using as a coping mechanism that isn't, that's just detrimental to everything else in their lives. I think Misty has her uh, robot psychiatrist prescribed Valium. Um, Which is another reference to those robots from the 70s that were like made from Japan. They were meant to be like the first like super advanced robot toys you could buy. And yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ted, that's Matt Bomer. He smokes a lot of weed that he grows in secret uh, on the ship. Um, Looks at naked space women. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, Donna, that, that scene went on for a while. Uh, Donna drinks a lot and is just extremely vapid. Um, Captain Glenn um, drinks. He's trying to yeah, he tries to drink, suppressing constantly. his homosexuality yeah. and um, and then Jessica. Um, it's kind of partially, like, I think at the start, you get the impression that she's, like, she can't have kids, so she's putting everything she has into her career um, to yeah. to further, and they talk about, like, how you have to put in a certain amount yeah. of time on a small station to get a big promotion and all this kind of thing. Um, so each of them has um, something they're hiding, something they're using to cope with the pain of the secret that they have, yeah. and each of them has a a fairly terrible relationship with their significant other or somebody along those lines. Yeah. And then there's your favorite character, um, the looming asteroid. Oh, man. This guy <laughs> was a star turn from this asteroid, I have to say. The, 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 like, two to three scenes that that asteroid showed up, I was just like, yes, come on, let's fucking do this. Hit the space station and blow them all <laughs> yeah. up. But, alas. Yeah, because the asteroid basically works as a sort of a, a doomsday clock. Like, no one on the station knows about it, but we as viewers do, like, and it's slowly coming and coming. We're like, how is this going to change things? Like, how this... Because it's a microcosm. It's, like, there's no outside sort of influences anymore. The people live on the ship, and that's all they are. And this asteroid is slowly coming and could change everything. Which... We'll get to, but the one thing that's what it brings up is um, why were you rooting so much for the asteroid? I think, and um, this is something that I've I've come around a lot, just in general on this movie and my opinion of it. But at the time, I was so keyed into thinking this movie was going to be something that it wasn't, that... Like it's fine. I don't mind if a movie is is sort of like slow and like not like nothing major or world ending or there's no massive inciting incident or like something stupid. Nobody gets superpowers or shit like that. That's fine. I just w- I just wasn't expecting to sit down and watch that type of movie. So for the first for a lot of it, I kind of just kept thinking something had to happen to to change the status quo on the station or to which I mean I suppose kind of was jessica's arrival in a way but it was more like and then they throw in this asteroid and they're like oh my god an asteroid is hurtling towards the space station and i thought it was going to turn into this sort of like 
the, you know, we have to, they all have to put aside their shitty dis and come together and save the space station or something. I just expected something to happen. Um, and then it didn't. And then it didn't again. And then it still went on for more time. Where but the thing is, like, it, do you think the asteroid triggered stuff, though? Like, they weren't any more stuck. They, so the, at the end of the movie, there is this Christmas party. And Misty is there and she's like, oh, let's play truth or dare. And she says, I've never had an orgasm. And she's doing this because her husband is basically has moved on to Liv Tyler's character, Jessica. And, and uh, Steve she wants to embarrass him. And like. Steve that she's been sleeping with is leaving the station. Yeah. Supposedly. So she's definitely going to be alone in in every way that she cares about. And not just her husband, Liv Tyler, Jessica also sort of um, imposes herself as Misty's daughter's like mother. Second mother. Figure like, yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Um, like a surrogate mother position. She spends a lot, yeah. an awful lot of time with the kid. Who's, uh, Sunshine is the kid's name. And um, so, yeah, Misty is very much, the Valium's not I working just, anymore. Mm. <laughs> she wants I actually to tear loved how in. they established Misty and Sunshine's relationship, the mother and daughter, because you know um, Jessica just kind of comes up and says, "Oh, what age is she?" and says, "What age do you think she is?" Clearly, being like, "I don't know anymore. I've lost yeah. track." I, and say, oh, yeah. it's just space, like new age. Oh, I don't really care about ageism. Blah. It's just like she looks about. Um, eight wasn't it or six or something Seven, like that eight. yeah <laughs> okay yeah um, but yeah so Misty does that and then the asteroid comes and they're all kind of just shocked you know and a lot of truths come out of that party in the argument as well and I think uh, did the asteroid do anything I'm trying to think it's not it more no, the argument the, did anything the like the literal asteroid doesn't hit but yeah well, by the end crunches. of the movie a figurative asteroid has yeah. exploded <laughs> into the station in that they're all kind of falling apart now. Um, Steve and Donna were supposed to be moving to a different station and uh, all of their possessions and all the things that Donna cares so much about, her dresses and her party favours and her cutlery and whatever the hell else, gets to, that's the only thing that gets destroyed by the asteroid. Um, Misty and uh, Ted have finally come to a ahead in their um their relationship problems uh sunshine the kid is sort of i don't know broken <laughs> i suppose at this yeah, point like because she um she um so Liv Tyler's character got um a frozen dog a yorkshire terrier and the kid was so excited because she loves animals and stuff she took it out of the fridge trying to defreeze it, but you can't do it that way and the dog dies. And I think this kid had so much trauma from like a, a mother who didn't give a shit to having like her pet was a gerbil or something that kept on eating the baby. Because obviously that was the whole um, sort of m metaphor that a mother was killing her babies, very much like her mother was killing her. So yeah, you just see this kid at the end of the movie just kind of like walking into a room, turn the the gravity off and just kind of floating and smiling at little asteroids going past and I think yeah. she's just gone. Yeah, they're very much like Captain Glenn's um, homosexuality has been revealed to the whole 
everybody on the station. Um, Jessica, her whole thing has kind of come to a head with, but, but sort of with Ted and that whole like burgeoning romance that they had going on there, and and also with with the captain when and with that you know he resented her as a woman coming in and trying to tell him how to do his job and all this kind of stuff. And I don't think he cared that much about that part. It, it was literally because he replaced Daniel, the mm. the guy he was in love with. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's a strong element of that there too. Yeah. Or at least she presents the fact that he is gone. Like he left because he wanted to leave. Like Daniel didn't want to be on the station anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we even get a call where he talks to Daniel and he's just like, um, you know, Dr. from Glee, what's his name? Um, Matthew Morrison. Yeah. You see him there and he's like, you know, top off in a towel or something. He's, he's just kind of telling him like, you got to move on. Like this is, this isn't cool. You we get the implication that he's been kind of been stalked because he's just like, oh, I heard you work in that station. It's like, ah, you found me then. Mm. Like, you know, this guy's been pretty obsessive about it. Which is, uh, <laughs> when when Matthew Morrison showed up, um, considering I had spent the whole movie thinking that Callie, um, Callie Roca was um, a character from Glee, I was kind of like, oh my god, there's two people from Glee in this movie. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. Uh, turns out it wasn't her. I was confusing her with um, Jamie Mays uh, from Glee, who played uh, Miss Pillsbury, the uh, OCD teacher. Any Glee fans out there? I know there's a lot fuck, of you. People. Fuck you. Um, sorry, no, I, I, I don't hate Glee at all. <laughs> Glee was the devil. It's it's perfectly fine, except for how a lot of actors had interesting and sad ends yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. I, ba- basically, all the actors were pieces of shit. Yeah. No, I wouldn't go that far. Well, well most no, of them. No, I mean, some people were clearly just very mentally ill. Yeah, and, and Liam Michelle is just a piece of shit. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still representation of pieces of shit. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um. That's mostly the story. Um. To be honest, we could go through a lot more of it, but there's not much of a story in general. I was saying this to Owen while we watched it. Um. Uh. Anyway. Yeah, we could talk more about like things that happen in the movie, but it really just kind of boils down to something that it felt more like a TV show. Like you could watch a TV show of this, of the random dramas between people and all this kind of stuff. It seems like more of a TV show than a movie. Yeah, parts of it, and I think that maybe it comes down to, um, like I was reading about how they developed the script and the reason there's five writers listed was this is a like Jack Plotnick the director had the basic sort of concept but they wrote the script by um he got a bunch of his friends who were also actors together in his house and they just sort of like improved their way through certain scenes to like flesh out the script and the dialogue and stuff so it's very like okay you can kind of see that it's like it was definitely like a passion project for him and something that he really 
really wanted to do. Um, and I, it's probably why sometimes the script can be a bit here and there in places, mm. and it it kind of pivots from one thing to another at times, slightly unexpectedly, but um, not necessarily in a bad way. Well, we shall strike a balance between culture and fun. I said this before, uh, we should definitely just have every single voice clip be Colin Meany and whatever he's been in. That's Brendan Gleeson. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it does yeah, sound the same, same to be person, fair. Same <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're basically the same yeah. guy. Irish people all, there's just like three Irish people, it's fine. Yeah, there's Colin Meany, Brendan Gleeson. No, there's four. There's three big ones and there's Colin Meany. And then us two. There's Brendan, there's Brendan Gleeson, Liam Neeson, and Colin Farrell. Yeah. And then that's it. Colin Meany. And to be fair, Colin right. Farrell would turn yeah. into one of them when he gets older. You know oh, which one. Which way? I, Liam Neeson, surely. No, 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 no. I think he's going to go on the chunky side. Really? You think yeah. Colin Farrell's going to turn into a big old man? Yeah. He he's oh. already is. Like he's He's just been slowly building mass. Oh, no, I don't see that at all. He looked um, fairly slim in Artem's film. No, but like his face is fuller, his neck is fuller. That could be alcoholism. Again, we love you, but you know. <laughs> we really have to stop disparaging <laughs> Colin Farrell. On this, on this thing. <laughs> Look, he's one of the lads. <laughs> he's a fantastic actor. And we really, he is, absolutely. I love him. And we, and he's we, not, really, we really enjoy him. It's just. He is no longer an alcoholic. He is no longer a drug addict. And he is. Probably a pretty good dad, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not that. I mean, you don't just stop being an alcoholic, but like... No, or a drug addict. He's not like Um, on them anymore. (laughs) So, but no, fair play to him. He's gone through the mill and he's come out better. And now he gets taken the piss out of by podcasters like us. Yeah, so um, this section is all about three things we liked and three things we didn't like. So shall we start on the things we didn't like? Okay, you want me to go first? Uh, look, I'll start, maybe. And you can go then and we go between. Okay, let's Because re- I don't have re- a list properly. Let's reverse So I need to decision. shoot a few early ones. Okay. <laughs> cool. So uh, three things I didn't like. I, I, It's a personal thing. I like more of a plot. I like something that kind of binds everyone together. This sort of sporadic, sort of like different storylines going on at the same time in a movie doesn't really fit me. But that's a personal opinion. Um, I genuinely didn't like any of the characters, I suppose. Um, I don't think there was anyone who was endearing or, like, even interesting. I don't think there were any interesting characters in this movie, really. I'm not, um, I'm, I, I'm not with you on that one. Okay, yeah, I saw your face. Um, and then, I suppose, I actually don't... It, it sounds kind of very base, but... I would have liked a little bit more action. Just just a few things happening, things that outside of character control, you know, things that happen to the people from the environment. Something that... So the movie can be... This movie is grand, right? Um, but if you just set this in some suburbia without any of the sci-fi, the movie wouldn't change at all. Really, except the frozen dog thing, that probably would change. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that one. The the like, 
the the setting in a seventies themed space station is inconsequential, really, to most yeah. to anything. Like there, I mean, there's obviously some elements of things that happen that can only happen in space, but like it could have been anywhere. You didn't. Yeah. It didn't need to be set in a space station. These people could have been on Earth somewhere. Yeah, I, I always in... assumed that the um, the asteroid kind of was like an analogy for like Cold Warish sort of nuclear warning things. Like, oh shit, the simers are going off. We're fucked. Oh wait, no, we're okay. Like that's that's kind of why I think the asteroid's probably there for. I don't know if I go that far with it. I think it's okay. it's just an analogy for life, really. It's just uh, life like, is a giant asteroid. Yeah, it's it's just sort of like the asteroid getting closer is like the build up to what you assume is going to be the big explosion at the end of the movie, and then that doesn't happen. But it it happens thematically, and their lives sort of implode rather than explode. So it's kind of just a it's like the setting and all of the trappings of space and everything is just sort of a framing device for the characters and yeah. how they are stuck talking to just each other and none of them really yeah. like each other or anything. And it's just like, you could have done it anywhere though. It's, it's didn't necessarily need to be in space. Yeah. Okay. Fair but enough. It, you know, it looked nice because it was in space. Yeah. So those are three things I didn't like. Is there anything you have to add? Uh, Misty. Uh, yeah, Misty is a I, pretty cunt. Sorry, not cunt. That's a terrible word to I say. I hated she her. She has put the good name of Misty's everywhere to shame. Yeah. All Pokemon's those, never going to be the same. No, but like Misty from Pokemon will never live this down, ever. Uh, Misty from Grand Theft Auto 3? Brutalized. Yeah, I remember her. <laughs> <laughs> the prostitute. I don't remember. The red I never played Grand no? Theft Auto 3. I wasn't allowed to play Grand Theft Auto when in those days. No, I wasn't no, allowed. I, I, I wasn't I, allowed I, to play I've been playing it since I was like twelve. I wasn't allowed to play <laughs> Vice City. Had been out for like a while before I was allowed to play it. I'm pretty Jesus. sure San Andreas was like the first one I got when it came out. I think. Jeez. Even then, I don't know if I bought it when it came out. Um, but yeah, no, Misty. She's just a vapid, self-obsessed, self-diagnosing, drug-addled. I just, I just don't, I don't, of all of them, she had zero redeeming qualities of, in any way. There wasn't even the, a small thing where I could say, oh my God, yeah, well, at least she cares for her daughter, because no, that's not there. Like The oh, only well, thing you can say for her is that she's pathetic, and there is a, it's sad to see someone falls that far, but that's not really a reason to like her, that's more of a reason to, I don't know. Feel pity. Yeah, and but I like I dislike her so intensely that I can't pity her. I just, Fair just enough, there's yeah. nothing I just didn't like her at all. Other things I didn't like. Um, I thought the whole the whole thing with uh Ted having a robotic hand was just like, ugh, like, okay, cool. He has a robotic hand and ha ha ha. Um, Remember power glove? It gets ha, 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 it ha. gets stuck on Liv Tyler's boob one time, and it's yeah. like I. I, I but again, like, I I think that was a metaphor. That was a metaphor like this. His want to hold onto someone emotionally, and like him even still caring about Misty it was an absolute wagon. But he he still wants to cling on to someone. So yes, we did for comedic effect, like oh boob squeeze. 
or like when he's he's holding his daughter and squeezes a bit too hard it's this need to hold on to someone but it got a little bit that's a fair point yes. i didn't really think about it that way but yeah. i just didn't didn't think it was yeah. it wasn't for me a fun fact i did learn about his hand though the sound effects woman who did the noises for his robotic hand is the same woman who did the sound effects for C-3PO in Star Wars. Like the noises he makes when he moves. Ah. Oh. There you go. Interesting thing that I learned from a, an interview with uh, Jack Plotnik. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's right. just something for you to chew on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, third thing... <laughs> I would have said initially that it was the fact that the asteroid doesn't hit them, but um, I've come around on that at this point kind after of. sitting with it for a couple <laughs> of days. I'm kind of like, no, that was actually kind of an, an interesting choice. I'd say the the like, the like self-help doctor robot thing didn't land with me at all. It's where I think a lot of people will get most of their laughs in the movie is the scenes with this. It's like a a tiny little robot. That's the the ship's psychiatrist, and you you find out uh, Misty Misty visits him a lot of the time to get her like Valium yeah. prescription. Or she whatever. loves him, like yeah, and she has like an uncomfortably sexual sort of thing. You it's saw like, sexual. I think she was literally just treating like a like a thing that she could love because she can't love her anything else. I don't know, man. I think she wanted to fuck the robot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you find out later on when uh, Captain Glenn goes to see the robot that the robot is just. Buzzword central. It, it just spits out yeah. like nonsensical. Like it hears a single word that somebody says and it sets off a response phrase yeah. in its head. So it's it's not like it's basically internet psychology where you get, you know, these just like a picture of a mountain or something and someone splatters on some fake drivel hmm. like motivational stuff and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. was I thought that was like initially in the, the there's like the the first scene when Misty goes to see the doctor, I thought that was kind of fine i just thought the whole yeah. the rest of it was overdone with the doctor i just call yeah. him a doctor like he has a fucking do- like the robot psychiatrist i just wasn't feeling it it just didn't land for me yeah in a comedic sense or anything um so yeah those are probably the three main things that okay. i didn't like i suppose Over. we can go on to um i'll let you go for the three things you did like yeah, the okay. <laughs> I I for, well, first off, um the shortest one, I guess, I suppose. I thought the soundtrack was great. Um you can't go too yeah. wrong with a classic 70s rock themed sort of soundtrack like um Yeah. No one's going to boo that. No, I mean it's it's you know, you can't it's fine. You just listen to that and off you go. And it fits. It's sort of obviously because it's 70s sort of whole vibe going on um and i know liv tyler was responsible for a lot of the tracks in the soundtrack because they were made by her stepdad her dad no not 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 her dad dad her stepdad yeah like not um not steven tyler okay guy who's her stepdad who's also which we could have also probably helped they could have just got aerosmith (laughs) yeah um, just would have felt too much like armageddon too we want it (laughs) would have felt too much like armageddon for her then There's an asteroid. Steven Tyler's on the soundtrack. <laughs> Armageddon two. The asteroid's back, yeah. and this time it's personal. Yeah, the asteroid has come back. Bruce Willis <laughs> is no longer alive, so it's targeting his daughter. <laughs> so she has to build a group of miners to go. Yeah, back. Matt Bomer is going to lead the team because he knows how to use a welding torch, and that no, qualifies no, no, no. you. It's it's like Ghostbusters. 
where it's just a female cast this time. Oh, it could be. But it would be odd this time because in this in this setting at this point they're all clearly just fully capable of traveling in space. So they're not they don't have to go through the miners this being trained to be astronauts anymore. <laughs> you know, I Maybe, just realized the idea of Armageddon 2 sounds far more endearing the, the and ast- fun than the this The astronauts movie have to be trained in how to mine. I think in yeah, yeah. Too, so they can which makes more sense. <laughs> Didn't Ben yeah. Affleck say that or something? Like he he, he yeah, went the, to <laughs> the the commentary track for Armageddon. I think he said it to the director. It's like why can't the astronauts just learn how to mine? And he was just told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which is great. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So the soundtrack is great. Obviously, the soundtrack is good. Um, I thought Kylie Rogers, who plays Sunshine the kid, I think she did a good job. Um, yeah, I think definitely. it's especially after having watched something like Artemis Fowl recently, in which you can see a child actor not doing a great job. Um, yeah, it was a pleasant reminder that kids can do, kids can act sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought she was good. I th- I liked her 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 whole story. Um, yeah, she's just a cute little kid. Um, yeah. So I thought who's very nice. good at doing haunted eyes and like things. Yeah, that bad. she's very good, and she she yeah, was, yeah. she cried on cue. She like displayed a full range of emotions. There's a lot Much going more on there. Mother. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought so. I thought yeah, Kylie Rogers is 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 very good in it, and I I really liked Captain Greg's whole story. I think yeah. that um. And I, I feel like it's something I've maybe seen somewhere else, but the, the concept of a just a broken man who really wants his life to end, but mm. can't end it, is just yeah. a really interesting subject, I suppose. Um, it's also the interesting take on like toxic masculinity of what you should be, what, yeah. what people should be. You know, that's the whole point of this entire movie. Like, yeah, it's very, uh, you know, um, a woman shouldn't be first officer. Um, a man shouldn't be gay and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's the fact that he deeply believes it, but because he so deeply believes it, he actually contradicts his own existence. Like it goes against yeah. who he actually is as a person. Like, yeah. And I think his, his Captain Greg's story in this is the one where I felt the the one kind of character's arc that really I was in with, and it's yeah. very odd in that at the start he Captain Greg is the first character you see in the movie, yeah. Um, and immediately I like I was saying I thought oh this he's just gonna do a a Ron Burgundy thing and I'm gonna hate this, but it, from starting at that point to like at the midway point I was at a kind of a thing where I was like I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing at his misery or should I be concerned for this man or I didn't know where I was with him and by the end of it I just felt so it's kind of like misty there was a certain level of patheticness to it I just really felt felt bad for this person because how how far they've fallen yeah you know because of their own choices really because of their own views he's just so horribly broken and full of self-hatred and loathing that and and the idea of that like he he tries multiple times to commit suicide in the movie and yeah. the, the ship won't let him like the mm. space station stops it from happening 
and you can just yeah. you can see it in in Patrick Wilson's performance that he's just like he almost comes he, he's almost accepting of it that this is his like and at times it feels like the instances we see in the movie are it's not the first time he's tried to do this like he's he's like he doesn't do it with any sort of like oh my god eureka this is going to work i'm finally going to do it he does mm. it almost in a way that he's like he knows it's not going to work but yeah he tries it anyway it's become it's, cathartic to him like yeah, it's, it's just like yeah, a, yeah. like he he mentions that cigarettes are like his value in the thing but the, like it's yeah, so I don't know. I think Patrick Wilson does a, a, okay, a really enough. good job, and I just li- I liked the whole that whole element of the movie. I think okay. it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, of... maybe I was being harsh. I just I guess in a lot of times when I watch these movies, I try to imagine would I like to be around this person in real life, and that's what I mean when I don't find any of the characters endearing. No, like, no, I think I, there's some um... good characters there, but I don't like them as people you know no i don't think i'd like to hang out with any of them or anything but i can i can appreciate the storytelling and the, yeah the, the craft that went into into captain greg's story, oh yeah yes I, I think it's and, like that's life. one thing we've got to say like everyone was acting at that peak like that was all very good acting throughout the entire movie like like there was there was very little like phoning it in except for maybe what that husband fellow was his name um Steve or uh, Steve, yeah, Steve. I mean, Steve just didn't have enough read. Yeah, he's just not in the movie, really. He's like, yeah, you know. he's just he's he's the guy like you see in a seventies movie where he's packing the boxes into the back of the car while his wife does all the talk, and he's the hey Steve, run in and do this. Hey Steve, do that, and you just kind of see him toddle off. And, and that exact thing happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So he's yeah, packing he, all the stuff. He, the wife is like, yeah, "Steve, we're gonna have to send your grandmother with the rest of the things." Yeah, weeks. I think it was his mother actually. But yeah. his mother, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so and yeah, so uh, I you mentioned a lot of things that I liked, uh, especially the soundtrack. And one thing I really like, I love the aesthetic of the film. Um, the sh- spaceship, it's sa- space station itself was gorgeous. Even the like the outside looks of it, I'd be really interested to see if it was done by CGI or or was the station actually handmade because there's some really nice like shadow and lighting going on there. Um, as for story things, um, I like that it was a little bit absurdist. It wasn't. It's not an absurdist movie, but there is definitely a little bit of fish out of water feel to what normal humans would be like. Like no one in this movie is like a straightforward person they're all a bit hyper on it character like the caricatures yeah they're very they're they're um they fill certain roles yeah i guess in 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 storytelling yeah that's a lot of it but it's um well yeah yeah but it might be a case of that they're like this is what i think that's an element of that like this is what people are with everything stripped away when they can't, there's no, there's nothing to hide behind anymore. You just, there's just, no distractions. They're just yeah. stuck in this place and all they have is themselves. And yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think we, there are a few things we liked and a few things we didn't like. That was Colin Meany. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Colin Meany. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, so the Jesus moment, um, it's, 
it's a part of the movie where we go, Jesus. And I mean, we kind of talked about this before recording, but at least for me, it's when, um, what's his name? Uh, Ted um, smokes some sort of space weed and suddenly sees this apparition of this gorgeous woman completely naked um just floating in space with music going on in the background and mm-hmm. you know because because he he can't his he won't have his wife won't have sex with him he's kind of masturbating on a on a waterbed like he's not Which, i mean that's what he's I doing mean, come on ted get your game together man yeah. you spend 90% of your day in the bowels of the space station alone like yeah he just do it there. He definitely, <laughs> he definitely wanted the wife to wake up and be like, "Oh, hey, what, yeah. you, what you doing over there?" But yeah, no, Teddy, no. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, no. I know, I know the um, <laughs> it was, it was very much a like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? When the yeah. the first moment, and it happens a couple of times. Like he keeps going back yeah. to the same window and getting high and seeing the same. And music. it actually becomes a plot point too, because like at one stage, um, this gorgeous woman. Head gets replaced with Liv Tyler's. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, here's, by the way, Liv Tyler is a gorgeous, beautiful woman. I, I don't think anyone doubts that. But somehow her head on this model's body looks bewilderingly frightening. Like, like it, it's very unsettling. Yeah, it's very, like a really bad deep fake. It was, yeah. it was weird, weird to look at. But yeah, that would be my Jesus moment. Um, I just, I wonder, was it necessary? Or did they just say, look, we need a something for the da. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I Like, I feel like they could have done it without. See, this comes back to a lot of, I don't know. A lot of people will say it's gratuitous nudity that didn't need to be there. Mm. It was like, why is she naked? But then. I don't know why not. Who cares? Really, it's just. It I mean, just it's is. it's going on in his head, isn't it? And he's yeah. sexually repressed. He's just daydreaming here with the aid of his drugs. Like he's going to see yeah. exactly what a dude in his position is going to see. Like, let's be fair about it. And I'm going to have to get me a bag of whatever he was smoking. Yeah, I mean that sounds great. I mean, just like he sparking up. Sell that shit for at a fairly high price. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little space sex dream drug. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, if for my Jesus moment, I probably would have picked that, but I had a feeling you were going to pick it. So I just think I decided I'd go with something else. That's fair. I just figured we're both probably on the same page with that one. So I'll try and mention something else that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a few, what the fuck? Like the dog and the ice thing. That was pretty fucked up. Yeah, that was pretty weird. I think for me to pick something else was, would, it's, Probably um, the bathtub toaster scene. Oh, yeah. That was pretty fucked up. Because it's the first real, like, Captain Greg uh, is, like, in the bathtub smoking a cigarette or listening to music or whatever. And then he suddenly, he's li- he has, like, a little plugged-in radio next to the tub, and he mm. picks it up and drops it into the bathtub. And the, the ship, the ship's, like, counter-safety measures, like cut out the current and, or whatever before he can die um yeah and it's the first um it's the first real like 
oblique sort of instance where you're shown that this guy has there's something going on here. Like this guy is fucked. There's something yeah. like there's something wrong with him. Clearly something has happened or there's something going on in the background and he's he's not the like he's not the the big gruff captain yeah. man that he like Yeah, he's not the traditional masculine yeah, fellow, um, like he's well, so he's, I, he's still masculine, but no, he, he you know, is not course, what yeah, people assume what traditional nineteen seventies masculinity is. Yeah, mm, yeah. So yeah. I think that would, I think I'd go with that as because it was a, and I remember even watching it and kind of just going, yeah, Jesus, okay, that took a turn yeah. suddenly and out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So that was again, but I guess I mean I guess we've kind of I've I've already talked about Captain Greg's whole yeah thing, so um yeah. But he imagined, like, in, in the scene, he before he does the whole trying to kill himself by using the radio, he, um, you know, imagines, you know, Daniel, the character, like, getting into the bathtub, and we can kind of hear the, the voice over and that kind of stuff, and then he just kind of cripples himself back into reality, his, like, the reality, and just like, oh, no, this is horrible, I'm going to kill myself, get it over and done with, and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a feeling he's done it before, though. He seems very like, again, like you said, this is not the first time he's tried to commit suicide, and I don't think it's the first time he's done the thing on the the radio no. in the bath. No, you not know? at all. No, because he he did it again. It wasn't like a um, it didn't seem like he had just suddenly reached a breaking point where he had to do this, and it was just like oh yeah, some like it wasn't like an immediacy of I can't do this anymore. It was like a this has been going on for a while, and he's gonna keep trying in the hopes that maybe it'll work once yeah that's pretty much it yeah yeah there you go i really like so those are, yeah so those are our jesus moments uh let, let, let us know what your jesus moments may have been um because we'd love to hear it um because we always usually have the same idea so it's nice when other people give their points of views i think that's yeah, fair to say yeah yeah definitely and it doesn't have to be um like the the Jesus moment, I suppose, can be anything in in the movie. Yeah. In any sort it can of be funny, horrifying. Just, it's just a oh, oh Jesus, basically. Yeah, you just know? Went, oh Jesus. <laughs> in any of its wide yeah. uses. Yeah, you know one thing for Ireland, like we do choose single words that describe a whole lot of things. Like, what does the crack mean? And you can go on a list of what that means. <laughs> it's everything, man. Yeah, what's the crack? Uh, having some crack here, you know. I snorted some crack. No wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, it's, it, no, not it's, it's not a drug. It's it's the crack. Anyway, yes. Uh, yes. Let's go on to our final thoughts. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. I loved Colin Meany in uh, Lord of the Rings, really. You know, I think, Col- I think <laughs> Colin Meany as Samwise Gamgee would have been a really interesting casting decision. You know, if they made the live action like in like the, the 80s or 90s, that would have worked, I think. It would have been fine. Maybe, I don't know. I've never seen Colin Meany in anything where he's not angry all the time. Yeah, but like just he's very much yes. always like, well, the fucking, the fucking, the fucking, Jesus fucking. Like... 
I don't know. Yeah, but maybe, just, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I just want to see a very fed up Sam Ganji. Oh, Frodo, fucking yeah, off, are you? Yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back to you, yeah, fuck. For fuck's sake, Frodo, will you just throw the ring into the fucking pit of doom when we go home? Rousey's, <laughs> Rousey's <laughs> waiting on me. One more step, and this is the furthest I've been from Clondalkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway um okay so i got final thoughts um did you like the movie what did you think of it initially when you first watched it and what do you think now that you had like a day or two to digest it um throughout watching and i suppose immediately afterwards i don't i didn't like it i was very much like well that was a whole load of fucking nothing like that was just a bunch of actors where friends got together and were like, hey, let's do a fucking movie. And Hey, that's no way to talk about Dr. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I forgot that exists. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, I was very like, oh, this was just, uh, I don't know, it's just an expression in vanity for these guys. I was just like, uh, whatever. Um, mm. But I, I, I kind of sat with it for a while and thought about it a bit more. And I think um, now that I'm, now that I have Older done that, and, yeah. Now that I have a, those extra two days, age wise, <laughs> I think. Yeah. No, I definitely. I think I. I think I liked it. I think it's. Um, I don't think it's like an incredible, outstanding piece of filmmaking or anything that's gonna blow everybody's minds. But I think it's. Um, it stands out a little bit, though. To be fair, I think it's pretty it good. Is I think it's interesting. A little bit different, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, I can see why, um, like, critically and from, like, film critics approved of it, generally. Yeah. Um, but, like, on a larger scale, like, wider audiences and general movie going, if you just rocked up to, if you go to the cinema, like, twice a year randomly to see a movie and you walked into this, you'd probably be like, well, that was a waste of money. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's an experimental movie. That's, that's the whole point of it. from, from the writing to the end, it's all experimental. Like it's, they're trying to do something different. And if you don't have, the, I don't want to say patience because we're not saying, Oh, the main mainstream movie viewers have no decent opinion. It's not I'm saying that. that. Yeah. I'm not saying that. What I'm basically saying is, you know, it's it's if you like to break down movies into their themes and get the idea of what the directors and writers are trying to do, this is a movie worth watching, I think. So you liked it? Yeah. Again, like you, like, so this is my second viewing, but I may as well have watched it for the first time this time around. And I, I mean, halfway through the movie, I was just saying, hey, Owen, um, should we just like maybe just watch that other movie we were thinking of doing because I don't mind. <laughs> like, this is mm. not really going anywhere. Let's let's stop it. and you're like, ah no, look, there's only an hour left. Let's pull through. And I'm glad we pulled through. I I, I mean I wasn't in love by the end and I, I still I don't think I'd ever run someone, hey, you should totally watch this movie. You know, this is really good. It's not that, but I think if you've watched a lot of samey movies and you want to kind of branch out to something a little bit different, this is probably a fairly decent choice. It's not a poor choice. You know, I know it mm -hmm. didn't get huge ratings, but sometimes sometimes an idea of a movie is better than the movie itself, and that's all right. 
And this is it. The idea was great. The execution was pretty all right. If you're into seeing something a little bit different, give it a watch. But, like, don't sit down for, like, an action-packed, excited, like, fuel-driven movie. It's not that at all. No. And I think my big takeaway is um, I'm going to go to the courthouse and have my name legally changed to Pancake. Not going to go for... What's the other fellow's name? Plotnik? No, I've I think I've decided I prefer Pancake. <laughs> yeah, Pancake. I mean, just use it as your actor's name or your writer's name. Just Pancake. Just Pancake. No first name. Just, just Pancake. Yeah. No, no, so, no, no. There's a first name. Pancake. Pancake. Yeah, okay. And Pan is already a name. Like you can just say, Hey, my name's Pan. That's like that that is a name, so and then you can you say, Okay, what's your second name? Cake. Now starring Pancake. Plot Nick. <laughs> yeah, on Nick plot. Oh, maybe he stole the plot. <laughs> God, he's done it again. Oh, we're on to you, Plot Nick. We're on to you. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I enjoyed that movie. Um, it's a movie I'll probably forget the entire plot of again. Uh, what the characters do. <laughs> But you know that is not that's not a disparaging comment on the movie in any way. Either. No, that's think, just me. That'll just forget. <laughs> soon as we like, as soon as I hit end on recording, he'll immediately replace all the information on Space Station Space Station yeah. Sp- Oh my god. Space Station seventy six. Yeah, I, I replace else. it with like knowledge on how to make resin dice, which is a hobby I decided to just randomly hmm. do. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the next movie we we're doing, we'll just yeah. knock this one straight out. Like, unless it's Law of the Rings or Doctor Who, it's pretty much fucking gone. Which, if I can give a teaser for the next episode. Oh, I think you can. It's a... It's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And it's... And it better not be Elf. Astoundingly <laughs> not good, but in a good way. Is it the Christmas Star Wars Christmas special? No, Jesus, no! I would never, I never put myself through those. Yeah. <clears throat> but there you go. It's a recent Christmas movie that's not good, but I love it. Uh, and it has something to do with Lord of the Rings and Doctor Who. No. No, because the way I was saying that, and then you jumped. Oh, I can give a hint. It seemed like that triggered something in your head. Oh no, they weren't. They weren't supposed to. Be. <laughs> okay. It wasn't like a. It wasn't supposed to be a segue or anything. We're watching the Lord Star- of the Rings. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas special, <laughs> which I can't wait for. Gandalf plays Santa Claus, That's and I, it's racist. not even like a Christmas set Lord of the Rings thing. It's just the characters from the Lord of the Rings playing other Christmas characters. Oh, actually, kind of like that now, like Scrooge, but like with Lord of the Rings characters. Send us in to let us know who, what characters do you think would play would make good other Christmas characters from the Lord of the Rings. We've got yeah. Gandalf as Santa Claus. Gimli also as Santa Claus. Tom Bombadil also as Santa Claus. No, we're doing movie only. All right. Oh, Tom Bombadil. He's the movie in my heart. Tom Bombadil doesn't exist. <laughs> we've Thank got, God. Fright me, people. Uh, I don't know who else we've got. Somebody can be Jack Frost. Um, all the elves are elves. Fair. Maybe is Galadriel Mrs. Claus? Yeah, that works with the whole hobbits. Yeah. Pushing that whole romance part some reason. Anyway, we're going wildly <laughs> off topic here. We're, now we're going to talk about the Lord yeah. Rings for the next few hours. We're, okay, folks, strap we're, in. We're trying, as you can see, we're still working on how the fuck we end these things. But um, uh, we will have... Maybe we'll do this thing where we just keep talking and talking and this, the volume just, just goes just off. Just Like you can't just, just can't shut us up. Yeah. Just, fade just phases away. Like, yeah. Fade into the outro. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So next week we're doing a com um, a romance rom com Christmas movie that's not good that came out recently. You gave it away. I didn't say it was a rom com. Oh, I mean, okay. This look. Let's be fair. Hallmark um, probably has released like dun, twenty dun, so far. So you're all right. Yeah, they're all okay. Redacted. Sure, Lord. Give me a grant. <laughs>